This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope that you've had a good week so far and you're looking forward to getting towards the weekends now. But uh, most importantly, I hope that you're staying safe and staying well and indeed are enjoying the following what is uh, turning out to be a very chaotic starts to our time covering Arsenal at the beginning of this transfer window. It's officially been one week now since the beginning of the window. Arsenal have made four offers. Well, more than that, to be fair, but they've made offers for four different players. There's interest in a couple more and beyond potentially as well that we're unaware of. And it has been uh, very, very divisive. It's been thought-provoking. It's caused debates. It's caused um, some real analysis. And I think... uh, it's certainly going to turn out, hopefully, to be a very, very successful window to Arsenal. We will keep our fingers crossed. Uh, let's jump into the chat box. Good morning to those joining us live. Michael, Tabani, we've got Stephen and Bospula. We've got Keems. Good morning to Frederick. Uh, good morning to the Warlock, uh, Errol. We've got Johnny, Paul, Chris, Matt G, uh, Louis, Femi, Kaiser, and plenty more of you guys and girls as well. Thank you, as always, for making sure this is your morning routine sorted. You get your breakfast, which I've actually not even had yet. You, <laughs> you get your orange juice, your tea, your coffee, whatever your tipple might be in the mornings. You chuck TGT on and you sit down, relax and listen to what has been going on in the world of Arsenal. If you haven't already dropped a like on the video, I'd very much appreciate it. And if you could subscribe to the channel as well, that would also make my day. Right then, let's crack on with today's stories. We kick off David Ornstein reporting for The Athletic that Arsenal and Partey's reps are exploring a potential sale to Saudi Arabia. The Ghanaian international seems to be potentially on the way out if Arsenal were to receive a significant offer for the 30-year-old central midfielder. It's very, very interesting, this one. Uh, indeed, of course, uh, at the beginning of the window, we knew Arsenal wanted to strengthen in midfield. But the idea of losing both Partey and Xhaka in the same window does raise some questions. Uh, it also raises questions around the potential fee that Arsenal could get. And if it is indeed that he moves to Saudi Arabia, Arsenal will be looking to take advantage of any potential significant financial injection into the nation uh, that they are currently playing their trade at trying to bring some high-profile players like Ruben Neves. They've seen Hakim Ziyech agree a deal today, Angola Kante, Karen Benzema, of course, previously the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo as well, making the switch out to the Middle East. Will Partey follow? We'll have to wait and see. But at the moment, an exit strategy is being discussed between Arsenal and Partey's representatives. So let's see, indeed, what ends up happening. Now, relegated Southampton are said to be demanding a huge amount of money 
for Romeo Lavia. £50 million is said to be the asking price, according to TalkSport, as to what Southampton are expecting. Arsenal have agreed personal terms with the player. Really positive talks with the player's representatives have taken place. He's, of course, represented by the same agent as that of Bakayo Saka. But now Arsenal need to come to an agreement with the South Coast Club. And to come to that amount of money, £50 million is a lot for a 19-year-old who has had one season in the Premier League. You know, I think I'd go as max high as £40 million. But, you know, even then I'm starting to think that's a huge investment, a massive, massive investment. Uh, Of course, a player that's only been playing in the Premier League six months more than him in Caicedo is now worth supposedly £100 And you can start to understand why clubs like Southampton are beginning to ask for these kinds of fees. Can you really blame them? I'm not sure I can, considering what Chelsea and others have done to the market. So let's see what happens uh, with uh, Romeo Lavia and let's see what indeed does happen to be the case. Charlie said there's a sell-on clause and that's why. The sell-on clause doesn't actually activate until next summer. Um, And so you'd think that Southampton would want to try and maximise any potential fee during this window, but the uh, the sell on the sell on uh, the, the not the sell on clause, the buyback clause that exists for Southampton um, is certainly something that will not be you have to worry about until next summer. But there could be any potential sell on clause. I'm unaware of that, but uh, a buyback clause involved in that doesn't activate until next summer. Now, according to PJ Colquhoun, who's a um, a Belgian uh, journalist who we've actually had on the channel before uh, discussing a lot of Belgian targets, has reported. Um, the uh, Amadou Anana, the Everton in midfielder and the Belgian international, supposedly wants to leave the Toffees this summer. And both Chelsea and Arsenal are interested in potentially contracting the midfielder. He's done very well since moving from Lille to the Premier League and obviously helped in Everton's survival push last season. And there were suggestions that he could leave the club in January. Everton played over £30 million for the Belgian back in 2022. And so therefore, any potential deal for an Arsenal side of things is going to cost them, again, a significant amount of money. So if indeed Amadou Anana is to move to Arsenal or any other club for that matter, it is going to cost them a serious amount of money. Moving forwards to another key target of Arsenal, and this, of course, is Kai Havertz. Now, according to Sam Dean, of the Telegraph, Arsenal are closing in on a potential agreement around £60 million for the Chelsea attacking midfielder slash forward. Uh, Kai Havertz, of course, has been a key and primary target of the club. And so to get Kai Havertz through the door would be, again, a another success in terms of Arsenal securing one of their priority players uh, in the window, which obviously would be really strong for them. Arteta has been a massive driving force behind choosing Kai Havertz as a potential option to give Arsenal strength in depth at centre-forwards at 10 and also in the 8-10 hybrid as well, that Odegaard and even potentially with Odegaard that he could play. So Kai Havertz looks to be closing in on that move to Arsenal and a £60 million agreement is very much getting close to uh, happening, it seems. Now, Arsenal, of course, have a number of other targets. And one of those targets that was revealed uh, on Monday evening was Urien Timber, the Dutch international Ajax right-sided centre-half, actually flew to London. Uh, this is according to Mike Verweich, who writes for De Telegraph in the Netherlands, very reliable and well-connected reporter out in the Netherlands, has reported uh, that a secret talks took place in a trip to Wembley uh, for the uh, FA Cup final that Uri and Timber attended. Uh, interesting indeed. There's also been leaked images you've probably seen doing the rounds on social media, supposedly of his agent again flying to London. And uh, I don't know why I've got Arsenal flew to London <laughs> on the screen. But uh, in terms of uh, getting that corrected, let's just quickly do this quick change. Here we go. Timber, lovely stuff. Correction. Timber flying to London. The secret talks uh, in Wembley, it seems. Uh, and so apparently he only wants that move to the Gunners. Uh, a potential move to Bayern Munich is not said to be favoured. We do know that Manchester United, of course, have an interest. Eric Ten Hag, very keen on linking up with his former player. But Urien Tibber supposedly has a preference for Arsenal and really wants to make this switch. Now, Arsenal, as we know, have already made a bid of around £30 million. Ajax are said to want closer to £50 million to get the deal done. But there is optimism over a potential compromise between the club. So let's see how this deal progresses. Um, But certainly 
Urian Timber's visit to England is said to have accelerated those plans. Sam Dean actually reported in the Telegraph that this has been a player top of Arsenal's list for quite some time. And actually, it's only just coming kind of to the surface at this stage. So let's see how this one develops. We'll, of course, bring you further information when we get it. But uh, it's looking positive on the sense of Urian Timber, which is obviously good for Arsenal. And if you want to learn more about Urian Timber, you can, because myself and Drew completed our tactical breakdown yesterday, uh, talking about, learning about, discussing Urian Timber, what he could bring to Arsenal, the best position that he could play in Arsenal's side. So if you do indeed wish to learn some more about Urian Timber, or maybe you've got some doubts about him that you need uh, some better understanding on, please indeed do uh, move move yourselves after the show and go and watch that discussion around Urian Timber. Now, our headline story of the day is that Arsenal have seen their second bid for Declan Rice rejected. Uh, however, are said to be quickly preparing a third bid closer to that £100 million price tag. Now, of course, the second bid that was rejected out of hand uh, that was £75 million guaranteed with £50 million in add-ons, was different to the initial £80 million with £10 million in add-ons. The structure of the guaranteed £75 million included it being paid over a smaller period of time and a lot more of it being paid up front compared to the first bid. So whilst I saw some plenty of confusion, and quite rightly, because it was a little bit confusing, but whilst there was plenty of confusion around why Arsenal would shift the structure of the bids but keeping the overall figure the same, um, I hope that clears it up because there was a change in structure of the guaranteed figure that benefited West Ham in the more immediate short-term future. There's also been suggestions come out in various articles that a £80 million price tag was discussed prior to the UEFA Conference League final and that West Ham winning the Conference League final supposedly upped that value to what West Ham now demand at around 100 million pounds i'm not sure how much of that you know is is realistic it was always expected that west Ham would ask for a triple million pound figure from my understanding of declan rice and for those of you that are again frustrated and getting irritated with the uh the kind of negotiation process arsenal are doing what most clubs if not all clubs do in these scenarios where initial bids go in you start low you build yourselves up and you get yourself into a position where the player is agreed at a price tag that ultimately suits both clubs in the end you know people have referenced the Ben White situation where the asking price for Ben White was 50 million pounds and Arsenal went in with 40 and then 45 and eventually played 50 but a lot of people need to come to the understanding as well that if you go in high with your first bids Often what we see clubs do is that they go, well, that's the first offer. If that's your first offer, we know you want the player. So we're going to turn that down and we're going to actually going to start asking for more money. So Arsenal are being and doing exactly um, what any big club would be doing in a negotiating scenario and trying to get a player that they want for the correct amount of money that they deem he's worth. And usually those first initial bids that go in aren't reflective of the player's end value. We also don't hear about often a lot of the talks that go on behind the scenes. And I like to use the the iceberg analogy that we only see what's on the surface and a lot that's going on behind the scenes is obviously very different. Um, and those bidding processes have seen Arsenal get some important deals done. Not only that, but if Arsenal were to go in too high for Declan Rice, if they were to throw caution to the wind and just overpay for Declan Rice, it could prevent them from signing some of their other targets that they have in other positions later on in the window. That said, and with all that context provided, if Arsenal are unsuccessful in trying to sign Declan Rice, it would be a huge disaster for Arsenal's summer. And of course, they will face rightful criticism for not getting the deal done. There is a fine balance and somewhat of a tightrope that they are balancing on and trying to navigate in these discussions. To my understanding, Arsenal are fairly uh, frustrated, it seems, in these negotiations because of the shifting price valuations, etc., um, and kind of the, the shifting view of, of West Ham upon the players' price tag. And Rice is obviously his intention still very much to move for Arsenal. It seems West Ham are waiting out for a bidding war that doesn't seem to be happening. There's been suggestions, some reports have claimed that Man City will make an approach for Declan Rice this week. We're on Wednesday now and still no approach or bid has yet been made. So let's wait and see if that indeed does change or if indeed does happen. And I'd like to end this section of the show by just saying to people, because there is a lot of people that are angry, and I tweeted about this yesterday. If you are finding this transfer window or covering the transfer window, following the transfer window, covering these stories, reading and constantly refreshing your phones, I encourage you to take a step back. You know, 
I really appreciate your viewership. I really appreciate the hundreds of people, you know, nearly thousands of people that are tuning into this show. But for me, it is more important for people's mental health that they are not getting so worked up and angry over Arsenal's transfers that you may need to take a step away. So I encourage you to do so if you need to do that. Take your phone away for a day. Don't look at transfers for a day. I have seen too many people getting so upset and so angry only a week into the into the window that it is a bit of a concern. You know, and so I think maybe the best advice I can give those people is to take yourself away from things, you know, have a break from transfers and maybe come back in a few days time and see what's happened. I know people are desperate to know and, and learn more. But for me, it is absolutely uh, important that people put their mental health and their happiness first before any amount of Arsenal transfers. So please make sure that you do that. Anyway, let's move to part two and your questions and anything that you'd like to be discussed in today's show right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat. Nick B, yes, when the fun stops, stop. Of course, the gambling uh, addiction uh, tagline uh, and gamblingaware.com's tagline, very much applicable um, in this case as well. When the fun stops, stop. Uh, Okay, let's jump into the chat then and take some of your questions. Um, Meets B says, uh, Tom, I watched your Timber video. I learned nothing about the player. All I saw was you being all coy and flirty with Drew. (laughs) Uh, Drew's a lovely man. What can I say? He's brilliant. Um, But it was indeed a really good, insightful video. I know that you're only joking about learning nothing. I know that you learned plenty. Uh, I've learned plenty uh, about Drew, about about, uh, Uri and Timber. Certainly so. Um, Ryan says, Tom, you're always so over-optimistic and non-critical on how poor we are at negotiating deals. Ryan, you know, at the end of the day, I don't feel like there's enough evidence for me to be like overly critical uh, or about the way things happen, because at the moment, the evidence suggests to me that I don't need to be. Uh, I'm yet to be convinced by anyone I've had discussions with, and I've always opened up the floor on our phone-in shows for people to jump on and tell me why they think I'm wrong, and I'm yet to have people come on and do so effectively. So I don't think about over-optimism at all. I think about trusting what I've seen the club do so far. And certainly it's been very good to getting us from 11th when Arteta took over to a title race last season in the space of just over three years. And also then looking at criticisms. Trust me, when I've got a need to be critical, Ryan, I'll be critical. But at the moment, there is no need for me to be critical at this moment in time because we're a week into the window and Arsenal are moving very, very fast. They're moving very, very proactively trying to get the deals done for the players they need to get done so let's wait and see what happens andrew says thank you so much for the uh the uh super chat very much appreciated very kind of you indeed andrew thank you for listening and your support uh, i'm waiting for rice to sign to arsenal prior to buying my new arsenal jersey for the new season if not then it's going to be king kai well i hope that either player uh you get on your shirt this season brings you the joy and hopefully it'll be uh, both of those because uh, it'd be great if Arsenal can secure uh, both of those priority deals this summer. Uh, James says, do you think our next bid will secure Rice or should we walk away? It depends how much we bid. You know, Arsenal are working towards trying to come to an agreement. David Ornstein suggests that Arsenal are getting closer to this agreement and uh, until we have really kind of this news uh, regarding ultimately the, the final figure that is agreed by both clubs and the players, then we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, 
Stephen says, brilliant show, Tom. Watching your holiday in Greece. Never miss a show. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, do enjoy your holiday. I'm going to be having a bit of a break next week as well, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, N.A. Witten says, Tom, I'm very worried about the midfield. We need at least three midfielders of quality, and I hope the board replaces Partey and Xhaka. Yeah, of course, I think there's reason for concern. Uh, I think there is absolutely to have reason for concern as well, because if you think about the players that we're losing, they're very good. You know, we need to move them on in a way in which we then replace them with a serious amount of quality. So I agree that I think we need three. Let's see how this plays out. Um, let's go to Dan and Dylan says, I see someone's uh, just suggest Tom is over-optimistic and non-negative regarding transfers. And you clearly haven't been here for too long. Tom has slated the transfers in the past when it's been justified. I think if you go back to January, I was very critical of what we didn't do. I was critical last summer of not bringing in a centre midfielder as well. That was a big, big miss last summer. So I usually wait until the end of windows to be critical because what's the point of me in being critical about hypothetic scenarios that we have right now? I'm not going to puff my chest out and say it as it is, as you know, some people might tell you to do. Because at the end of the day, Saying it as it is right now is dealing in the facts. And the facts of the matter are is that Arsenal are pushing to try and get deals done. They've not missed out on a key target thus far. The only player that you could really say they have is Mason Mount, whose preference is Man United and Arsenal never bid for Mason Mount. They just kind of explored, they inquired about that and his preference has been Man United. So they've moved on to other things and that's absolutely fine. But they are moving proactively and aggressively for these players. Four as much have been made offers for. Gundogan, Kai Havertz, Rice... Uh, and now Yuri and Timber. We've all had offers made for those players. So for those that suggest, why can't Arsenal do more than one deal at once? Here is your evidence. Arsenal are pushing for more than just one, for four players at the same time, with interest in Romeo Lavia and interest in Ivan Fresneda, to my understanding, as well also present. Uh, Rev says, Tom, do you think Arteta is trying to build a smaller squad, but with players who can play in multiple positions, perhaps to keep all players involved and have lower wages? I don't think a smaller squad, no. I think a condensed group in terms of the 18, you know, we talk about the 18 players uh, that you need. Yes, you have a squad of 25 that you can register, but you have some fringe players, some youth players involved in that, some depth players like El Nenny that's not going to be in the 18. But I think he's looking to build that 18 more than anything else, full of rotate, rotatable is that a word? <laughs> but also, yes, I agree with you with the uh, the versatility of players as well. So that's also important. And Mohamed says, uh, what role do you think Timber would play for us? Is it close to what John Stones plays? Because I think Arteta will be switching him with one of the left backs as well. Well, Yuri and Timber has played exclusively at right-sided centre-back for uh, Ajax last season. Um, he didn't play at right-back once for them, but he did play at right-back in the previous campaign. He did play at right-back as well uh, for the Netherlands as well when he's played also. So he has got that versatility. In the show we did on the tactical breakdown yesterday, there was a question actually that asked, could he play at left-back in an inverted way to back up uh, Zinchenko? Potentially, but we do have Tommy Asu, we do have Kivior that can both play back up there and of course Kieran Tini also looks like he's staying at this point so I think that his versatility means that we've got lots of options um, for us in these positions um, NEFC says I think people have PTSD from all of the other transfer windows going all out for a player and just for them to go to another team and the Rice transfer has a whiff of deja vu like, I don't blame people for having concerns or apprehension at all you know if you've got apprehension about the window that's fine be cautious all i'm asking for people is to wait all i'm asking for people is to not lose their heads to not start throwing edu out into chat boxes and twitter and being abusive online to other people that necessarily aren't as you know chaotic <laughs> as, as others are i just think that right now let's just keep keep going in, in terms of what we're doing let's see if we can get these deals done and then come the end of the window we're not going to be the ones looking silly, you know, if Arsenal indeed have pulled off their the deals that they've wanted to do. We're the ones that are going to be sitting there going, look, we, we tried to say to stay calm and to just assess the process. And then when it comes to if we miss out on a target, there's no vindication in saying like, oh, I told you it wouldn't happen because you didn't have the foggiest <laughs> when you predicted that. So we're going to wait until the, the deals are done or not done. And then we can assess and have analysis of those points when indeed they come around. You know, if you take comfort in people being end of worldly about things before the matter of fact, then that's you. That's not me. I, that's not the way I do things here. Um, Charlie says, is there a chance that we are waiting for Chelsea to get a bid accepted for Caicedo and then we just match it similar to what they did to us? And yes, I, I think I've said that before, Charlie. You know, I think we could do a reverse Mudrick. Maybe we're monitoring things. As far as I'm aware, we haven't withdrawn the interest fully. We might wait and see what 
is agreed between the two clubs before we make a decision on Caicedo ourselves. What we do know about Caicedo is that he has a preference to play in the Champions League, which we have, and Chelsea don't. So let's let's just wait and see. Uh, Vicky says, Tom, I'm finding it frustrating, but at the same time, I think the rice is so overpriced. We could get two fantastic centre-mids for the price of just rice. Also, why are we forget- Why are we not going for Madison? Forget Havertz. For me, I, I, I talked about this before, I think Havertz suits stylistically what Arteta is trying to build more so than what Madison does personally you know we can have a discussion about who we think individually is the better player but ultimately what you want is a player that suits what you are building and I think Havertz's style and his versatility play in false nine ten eight ten those areas I think he will add something to us that maybe Madison doesn't necessarily immediately give us Madison for me is that 10 and you know he'd be in immediate competition with with Erdegaard there's an argument that he could play where Xhaka has played in that uh, kind of further forward I suppose than where Xhaka has played but I'm not sure that's the right position for Madison in an Arsenal team and I think that maybe you know Havertz is is more suited to what Arteta is building but individually, we could have a different discussion about who we think is better. I think on form, you look at Madison as being a better player individually, but it's about the suitability. And then on the first point, I'm sorry, Vicky, but every player is overpriced at this stage. You know, there is you're going to find it very difficult indeed to find somebody in the market that is a priority target that you're not going to have to pay over what we believe their value to be. You know, I mean, you're going to have to get lucky. Liverpool got lucky with McAllister because he had a clause, you know, in his deal. Um I think to a degree, Real Madrid's got a very good deal in the end for Bellingham, which could go up to 120 odd million quid, but 88 million pounds guaranteed ended up getting a good deal there. But Arsenal, you know, Chelsea are going to have to overpay for some of their targets and have done. You think of how much they overpaid for Enzo Fernandez and Mudrick and others. Manchester United are trying to push for, for Mason Mount and Chelsea are wanting around 70 million pounds for Mason Mount, which I think is massively overpriced. It's just the nature of the market right now. And I think no matter if we say we could get two, you know, we could get two fantastic sentiments for the price of rice. I don't necessarily agree because the fantastic sentiments that we talk about being the price tag of rice are, them, are themselves going to be overpriced. Think about Romeo Lavia. Southampton want 50 million quid for Romeo Lavia. So I'm not sure it's as clear cut as saying, you know, we could get two players for the price of rice because I don't think it's as obvious as that because I think every player in the market now is overpriced just because of the way that the market ultimately is. Um, I mean, Barella uses an example. I, I think that uh, if we have a quick look at the Barella price tag, um, Newcastle apparently were looking at a £50 million fee. But Inter, I saw a report suggesting they want way more than £50 million, uh, for Barella. So I'll see if I can find that report because I definitely, definitely saw it. Um check on Twitter and see if I can find it um I can't can't seem to get it immediately I'm just getting the ones that reported before but there was a report that came out suggesting that that 50 million um was way undervalued basically and that now there's even suggestions they might be moving for Tonali instead um but yeah the report suggesting they were close to a deal for Barella doesn't seem to be the case at the moment um Let's go to uh, scrolling up a little bit more because I know I skipped a load of questions. Uh, scrolling down to see if there was a response. Well, Per Jensen, Jensen, thank you so much for becoming a brand new member of the channel. Very much appreciate your kind support. Thank you for becoming part of the TTC community. I'm sure you're already being welcomed by our people in the chat. Um, Dub says, with the signings we are looking to make and the current profile of defenders we have, do you see us potentially moving to a back three in certain games, which allows us to add an extra midfielder? I mean, we basically play with a back three now because Zinchenko isn't playing, you know, a traditional left back role. He becomes part of that midfield. So I think already, to be honest, Dub, that we actually do play with a, a back three in certain games. So there's always scope to see Yuri and Timber. You know, if we wanted to go with Tommy Asu at the left-sided centre-back, maybe Urien Timber could move forwards. He does like to move forwards. He always steps into midfield. He's got really good carry frequency. His frequency of carries into the final third um, and progressive carries are strong. So you could see him potentially being that style of player if Arteta wants to develop him in that way. So, But I already do kind of think that the structure suits that of a back three in the style that we attack in. But defensively, obviously, we do then revert to that back four. I think we get very married to very structured formations. And in reality, things are a lot more fluid um, and change in different game states. So I think that's ultimately important to uh, to consider. Uh, Akbar says, Tom, will when will you lose your head? I'd say no big signings or losing out to other clubs coming in in preseason. I would then start to panic. 
you know, there's very few things in this world that make me lose my head. I'm just not that type of person. What I would say is that I did lose it a bit last 2021 when we missed out on Emmy Buendia. I think that's probably one of the last times I really did lose my head. We also did a show after the Villarreal game where I was very kind of like, oh, I'm kind of done. I don't know how Arteta can continue. Those are a couple of times I've, I've quote unquote, you know, lost my head if you like, but I just prefer being more grounded. I prefer being more objective. I prefer not looking silly as well. And I think, you know, if you jump the gun and start being very emotional about, you know, a negotiations in a transfer that let's be honest, every club does, it's the oldest trick in the book, what Arsenal are doing, to be honest. I mean, for anyone that's bought a house, right, has used that as an example. I mean, whenever, and from the perspective of someone like me who has, you know, when you buy a house, you don't go in at the asking price. You know, you might eventually pay the asking price, but you don't go in at the asking price. You go in lower and then you work up. And sometimes you get a good deal. Sometimes you get it below the asking price because you went in lower. Sometimes you end up paying the asking price, especially if there's a lot of demand. But if that house just wants you, <laughs> then you can use that to your advantage, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's important to remember that there's no point losing my head a week into the window. You know, I will be critical when I think there's reason to be critical. And right now, I just don't see there being needs to be critical at all. You know, um, so I would encourage you all to, to just remain with your feet on the floor right now and you know, don't risk yourselves looking quite silly because things could, you know, certainly go in that direction. I'll tell you what, it's much better to be standoffish and patient and considerate now and then be frustrated later if things don't happen than lose your heads, end up abusing the club, end up saying some silly things and then Arsenal pull off all the deals that they can do and then looking very silly afterwards. I know which camp I would rather be in, it's probably fair to say. Um... <laughs> Nick says Torreira is up for sale this year for 20 million and when we sign him for 6 million uh, I can't really paint a pretty picture on that one Tom we do tend to get our pants dropped in the transfer market in terms of sales yeah look what I would say is that Torreira um, when he was being sold could not have made things worse for us you know in terms of how he acted in the media I think he, he lost his mum and uh was speaking obviously like I just want to leave Arsenal like very publicly that didn't help us in any way shape or form and the only team that are interested in buying him were, were Galatasaray you know Fiorentina turned down the opportunity of signing him on like 12 million quid that they had as like an obligation to buy um and Galatasaray were the only team that are interested and Galatasaray don't buy players for a lot of money so Yes, we sold him for a very small amount of money. And yes, he might be worth more now. But that's because the teams that are going to be looking at him after having a good full season um, are going to be outside of, of Turkey and in places where there are more money available. So, But I agree in the present in, in the premise of we need to be better at selling players. That's that's a given. But I think the Torreira scenario is a bit different. You know, I look at Leno. Leno, for me, is a big example of where Arsenal really did drop the ball in terms of a sale. That was not good enough. You know, the amount of money Arsenal got for Bert Leno was really poor. And that 3 million guaranteed, and yes, I think it's risen to around 8 million since then. But even 8 million, that's not good enough. Arsenal needs to be better in terms of getting money in for players. And if Tierney is to go and he goes for less than 30 million, I'm going to be fuming. If he goes for less than 35 million, I'll be fuming. If Balogun is allowed to leave for less than 35 million, I think I'd be very upset as well about that. We need to be better. We need to be better at selling. So absolutely, uh, there is right to be critical in some sense, but I don't think Torreira is the best example. Um, Adam says, do you think Arsenal get targeted more in the media purely because our fans are so reactionary? Oh, without a doubt. We are one of the most reactive fan bases, if not the most reactive fan base on the planet. You know, you without a doubt, you know, and that's not me slating our fan base. This is just how we are. You know, it's the characteristics of our fan base. We are very, very bitey. We bite very easily. And it's a tried and tested thing, you know. So without a doubt, <laughs> we have a lot of, uh, of, of reactive uh, supporters and that does drive a lot of engagement. Um, we're going to take some more questions. There's over 1,700 of you watching. Thank you so much for the continued support you bring to the channel. It takes you just a second to press that like button, as Dylan says here. So please make sure um, that you drop a like on the video. It would be very much appreciated. Uh, we put on these shows every single morning. This is the 312th episode of The Transfer Show, but we've done over 600 a.m. shows. So please do drop a like on the video. If you're new to the channel as well, we're making our way slowly towards 50,000 subscribers. So please continue to help us out 
and uh, support things on the channel. Um, let's go to um, Nexus says, Tom, have you heard that Arsenal are stopping the home kits because the strip on the side for the Invincibles says 32 and not 38? Um, I've not heard that. No, Nexus, you have to send me a link to that. I've not heard that at all. So sorry, I can't comment on it. Um, let's go to uh, Jakob says, if we sell Xhaka and Partey, do you think adding Lavia, Rice and Havertz is enough? If not, who would you go for? Um, I think that Rice, Lavia and Havertz is still one short uh, of what we would need to bring in if we were to sell Xhaka and Partey. If not, and we can't get, say, Gundogan on a potential contract, I would be going to look at Mikel Moreno from Real Sociedad as a potential option. I think he's a fantastic central midfielder, certainly someone that we could potentially look at. I think Caicedo is obviously a bit too expensive if we're signing those three players. I just can't see with, you know, uh, Yuri and Timber as well. I cannot see... Um, I, I can't see that happening. So, yeah, Mikel Moreno is one I like a lot um, from Real Sociedad. In terms of other potential central midfield options, uh, I mean, maybe you look at bringing it. If you can't identify a player this summer, maybe a loan. Maybe you go to Bayern Munich and say, we'll take Ryan Gravenberch on a loan for a season. Maybe that's something that we could look at. And then next summer, we can reevaluate the midfield options or in January. But maybe you look to try and do a loan if the, the you know, say you, and then obviously if you bring someone in on loan like a Ryan Gravenberch for a season, maybe you can get an option included in that deal. Then maybe you can transfer funds that you would have spent on another midfielder into making sure that you get another defender or maybe a centre forward. You know, I think it's important. Uh, or as Ardi says, maybe you say to Patino, we now have a, a pathway for you. Maybe that's something. As far as I'm aware, that still looks like he's going to be leaving. Um, Belay says, or we could go for an Onana from Everton. Maybe that's the right choice for a player. I'm not, I can't say I'm completely convinced on Onana. I'm not sure I see him as an Arsenal player. Um, I have some question marks about him personally. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure. Ibrahima Sangara as well. I saw a report this morning suggesting that he, I think it was Mike Valvik again from The Telegraph, reported that Ibrahima Sangara could move on uh, from PSV this summer as well. I like Javi Simmons a lot as well, actually. And I think Javi Simmons could play that left eight position, genuinely the left eight role. I don't think Havertz plays left eight. I think he plays a different style role. But I think that Javi Simmons maybe is someone that you could look at to play more of an offensive styled central midfield option that could also give you a lot more in the uh, attacking positions. Another good suggestion from RD who says Seiko Fofana from RC Lens. Maybe he is someone that Arsenal could look at potentially as another option. So yes, I think there are certainly options out there for Arsenal. Um, but just Havertz Rice Lavia is not for me enough to replace Partey and Xhaka. I said that we needed to strengthen this summer and replacing Xhaka and Partey with Lavia and Rice is not strengthening enough of the depth in the squad. Yes, Havertz could potentially play in midfield, but I'd like to see us bring in something else as well. Um... Sergei Belinkovic Savage says Max Days Black, maybe. You know, again, different age profile, but uh, I think that the money that's being raised, I think he has a year left on his contract, 30 million euros, could be a great option for us. I do like Milinkovic Savage if indeed we are to move Xhaka and Partey both on this summer. Um, let's go to um, LJ says, uh, blaming a certain fan channel for media's perception of Arsenal and the fan base is pathetic. What kind of insinuation is that? Let me try and find what this was in response to. Um, let's because says, Tom, I think a certain fan channel is what makes us fans seem so silly and why media winds as Arsenal fans up that channel loves the drama. Um, Name names always. I prefer people name names. Uh, I, you know, if I, I'm going to make the assumption if you're if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm going to make the assumption that you're talking about AFTV. From my perspective, and I've said this a number of times, and I have defended this a number of times, is that AFTV in the past I had problems with. You know, I didn't. I think the representation was a fair representation of the wider perspective of all views, and was more so you know, geared towards one end of the spectrum. What I would say is, and yes, I was right. Thank you, Vicky, for, for, for clarifying that. What I would say is that 
I know people who are AFTV now, you know, like James, for instance, like Graham and our good friendly judges as well, that, that provides genuinely good viewpoints that aren't chaotic. Dan Potts as well. I know not everyone agrees with Potsy and that's fine. You know, I get on really well with the guy and I think that we have really good discussions when uh, me and Potts talk. But, you know, specifically James and Graham as well. James and Graham produce some fantastic content on AFTV. And I'd probably suggest that most people don't necessarily watch a lot of it these days and yet still have a viewpoint on it um so if if that's your view and if you've not really seen much of it um you know i, I think it's maybe based on maybe a prior perception of the channel at the end of the day if you don't like something don't watch it <laughs> that's what i say to people if you don't like it don't watch it um that would always be my my advice to you, you know things are going to continue things are going to go on um if you don't like something turkish as well yeah turkish has come on the channel um get on very well and uh he's a, he's a good lad as well and uh and there are others if i if i start naming too many people you know <laughs> i'm gonna forget people and then end up offending people so but you know james has come on the channel graham's been on tgt um of course potsy and judges have so's turkish and i know something might turn around and say oh well you know them so you're going to be that way well trust me for those that have been long time listening to the channel i've been critical of it when i think it's deserved criticism but i also think that you have to be balanced in a view about things you praise what deserves praising and you're critical of what deserves criticism so for me um i think maybe there's a perspective on it if you don't like it don't watch it it's as simple as that it's as simple as that it's i would say the same if you don't like me if you don't like me don't watch it <laughs> you know don't drop in here troll in my chat box go somewhere else like it's just the same principle um and also, we have a wide range of Arsenal fans. You're not going to like what every single Arsenal fan says. And if, say, a channel has loads of different people on, of different backgrounds, different perspectives, there's a great chance you're not going to enjoy what some people say. But I don't think you can generalise the whole thing, personally, because I think there are some very, very good people, actually, that produce content over there. Um, so let's go to... I know we're now going to spark a big debate about FTV now, <laughs> which is which is not the intention, but I do I, I do want to to address things like that. I, I do feel strongly about it, because at the end of the day, this, this channel wouldn't exist without FTV. That kind of broke the doors down for, for fan channels in that way. So there is always going to be an element of that as well. Um, RD says, please end your, end your show soon, Tom, because whenever you do, we do get new Arsenal news. Um, <laughs> I know that comment's come from a really good place because I do find whenever we end the show, whenever we end the show, there's news. What I'm going to, I'm promising you something right now, and I'm looking at my glass of water with uh, trepidation because I don't think there's going to be enough for me to last the next 20 minutes. But we're going to be going till nine o'clock today. The show is going to go on. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to tackle some more topics. We're doing an hour-long show. I'm not working today, so I've got a day off. So I'm able to go to 9 because it's always 9 a.m. It is always 9 a.m. when something happens. I don't know what it is, why it is, but 9 a.m. is when things happen. So if it doesn't happen today, then we will always not worry about it. But we are going to go till 9 a.m. this morning. We're going for at least another 20 minutes. So make sure you stick around for the next 20 minutes. Drop that like on the video. If you're listening on audio catch-up, sorry that this was slightly delayed in getting to you, but it's because we were waiting till 9. We are going to get till 9 this morning because I am so fed up of stopping the show at 8.45 and then something new dropping at 9. So let's just... Let's get our way through to uh, to 9 a.m. And uh, <laughs> we'll see if anything drops at 9. Right then. Let's go into the chat box. Um, <laughs> Philip says, if you don't like Tom, you're wrong. Well, Philip, I mean, I appreciate the kind support, but people can make up their own minds at the end of the day. And, you know, I can't blame everyone that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like me. There are plenty that don't. Um, Marcus says, who can fill the Xhaka role? I... There is no such thing as the Xhaka role for any other player. There is no such thing. The Xhaka role is filled by Xhaka. The Odegaard role is filled by Odegaard. The Rice role is filled by uh, is filled by Rice, you know. So any player that plays a position, that is them. That is their role. That is their characteristics, their traits. What they do is what they do. 
And ultimately, we can't buy a player to do what Xhaka does. What we can do is we can buy a player to play in the same position that Xhaka played in, and they might have different characteristics. They might have worse characteristics. And what our job and what Arteta's job is to do is to get the best out of that player. So if that player turns out to be Lavia, it will be the Lavia role. If that player turns out to be Rice, maybe playing further forward than people are expecting, it will be the Rice role. Um, I, could, I might have a Rice role later, as in a burrito. I'm very much... I tell you what, I know this is a real tangent, my favorite food in the world is Italian food. But recently, I don't know what it is, but I've started to lean towards Mexican food a lot more. I've been eating a lot of rice rolls uh, with extra stuff in them, obviously, as well. Um, but uh, maybe it's like, maybe I'm really willing the Declan Rice roll, <laughs> the Declan Rice transfer move into reality by having a humongous number of burritos in the last fair few weeks or so. Um, let's go to, um, maybe we'll end up signing Edson Alvarez, yeah, the uh, the Mexican player for Ajax, who's currently linked with, <laughs> maybe that's what's going to happen. I'm going to will that into existence by accident. That might be what happens. Um, Manu, uh, Ali says, aren't you concerned that we're spending over 45 million and over 200, 200 uh, pounds a week for an attacker and it's not an unstoppable or potentially unstoppable goal scorer who can bail us out in tough games, uh, like in the Champions League and the Premier League. Well, I'd argue that Havertz kind of did bail Chelsea into a, you know, a Champions League trophy, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't necessarily agree in that point. I think Havertz actually does turn up in a lot of good games. His, his numbers in really tough fixtures are good. You know, I, I think that what we need to consider is that you kind of in a way need to forget everything you know if we sign Havertz and just be open-minded to what he might do at Arsenal. I think that's the way I'm certainly going to approach it. I'm going to forget his time at Chelsea from the start of his time here. Of course, if things start to not go well, I might start to draw some parallels, but clean slate if he moves to Arsenal. I'm going to forget what I've seen at Chelsea and I'm just going to try and analyse what we see him do at Arsenal if indeed the deal does happen. It does seem to be moving in that direction. Um, let's move to uh, Sam says, another Mexican player that was previously linked with Arsenal is Herving Lozano, great winger. Uh, and could he be an option to compete with Saka and Martinelli? He is uh, of the older age profile. I think he's in his mid to late 20s now. He was a player that I really liked when he was at PSV and I was very open to seeing Arsenal sign him when he was at PSV. Um, he has done at Napoli, now a league Serie A winner with Napoli as well. Um but I'm not sure he's the player that Arsenal will be going in for in this window. Um, Sean, thank you for the donation. Thank you for the extended show. You're very welcome, although it is for completely selfish purposes. We're just making sure we cover off the whole 9am is when things drop thing. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. And you know what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen at nine. I'm going to stop the show and something's going to happen at half nine. We know, but I'm not, I can't do that. I can't commit to an hour and a half. 8am show that would be ridiculous i gotta get it out i gotta get the show out to the uh, to the uh, the audio listeners it's got to be done um let's go to charles's tom maybe you should start the show at 8 30 a.m and end at 9 15 to the end of the transfer window i can't do that Charles. i can't I, it's 8 a.m is the time 8 a.m is locked in it is a tgt special you guys expect to turn up for a show at 8 a.m you know other people have tried and failed with 8AMs. This is the place to be for the Arsenal morning stuff. So uh, make sure you do tune in always, every day here, 8am, all the way through the year. It's not just the transfer window. If you're new to the channel, we've been doing 600 mornings of this, guys. And I've been in Mauritius and done shows. I've been in America and done shows, although that did move to 2am or 2pm for obvious reasons. Um, I've been... I'm going to be in Copenhagen next week and we're going to do shows. I'm going to be on the South Coast in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to do shows. The show must go on, as they say, provided I have Wi-Fi. And that is always going to be the biggest <laughs> the biggest question mark whenever I'm not in my home base. But uh, we will be doing things. Don't you worry. Um, uh, Martin says, Tom, if you like Italian, you need to go to Mamma Mia and watch a stuff. Bin, mate. It's great. Love it. I've been, been a number of times. Fantastic. The guy that owns it is an absolute legend as well. And I love his enthusiasm for the specials. Uh, yeah, if you're based in Medway, you got to go to Rochester, go to Mamma Mia. It's a great place. They should sponsor the channel for this. You know, <laughs> they should sponsor this channel if they're going to give us some free pizza. I very much appreciate it. Um, Thomas says, is there any chance Balogun will stay? 
Yes, there is a chance. There's absolutely a chance that he will stay. Do I think that he will? No, I'm not confident that he'll stay. But there is absolutely a chance that that uh, the Balogun will stay. So yes, certainly. Um, why are we talking about Taco Bells? Is it because I was starting talking about Mexicans? Dan says there are 132 Taco Bells in the UK. That's not many, really, is it? I feel like that's not many. I feel like there's like thousands of McDonald's. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, had, a, I had a Taco Bell the other week. It's very nice. Very Again, if you want to sponsor the channel, <laughs> feel free. Although I would say that McDonald's may be a bit of annoyed. <laughs> so remember, muck delivery <laughs> is what you need. So uh, Joe uh, says, is the fact that we're willing to pay almost 100% of the fee that Chelsea originally paid for Havertz not concerning? Uh, how can we be willing to pay that much for a player who's been bang average? Um Oh, I should quickly say other fast food restaurants are available, but book delivery is the way to go. Um, is yeah, so is the fact that we're willing to pay almost 100% of the fee that Chelsea originally paid for Havertz not concerning? How can we be willing to pay that much for a player who's been bang average? Because Joe, they're kind of looking at it from a, a potential, it's an investment, is what it is. Uh, Chelsea would only sell for this figure, you know, they're not going to sell for much below the figure that we're going to end up paying as evidenced by what we're trying to do. There was interest from Real Madrid, but they didn't want to go this high. There was interest from Bayern Munich, but they were put off by how advanced Arsenal were. This isn't a player that has not had interest from top teams. You know, Real Madrid were keen. Bayern Munich have been keen. Arsenal's interest has put those teams off. So it's not as if, like, we're the only side that have been in for this guy. There are a lot of people um, that are that are clubs, rather, that are very keen on seeing if they can revive Kai Havertz's career, if you will. Um, Mr. Thugie says, does Kai shine more for his national side? He tends to play false nine there as well. And would that be a better indication of his strengths than what he shows at Chelsea? Potentially. I can't say I've watched too much of him at Germany, so I'm not going to sit here and comment on something I can't say I've watched too much of. But at club level, I personally think the false nine position is something that will really suit him. He loves playing with the back to goal, receiving the ball, playing it on, good strength, good verticality, good physicality. I think he adds a very different style to our team as well um let's go to uh mike says not enthusiastic about the harvey barnes links anything in them i've personally not heard anything mike on harvey barnes and i agree i'm not that enthusiastic about that if that is indeed true so yeah um proper ma proper major says it's is bad business tom if you just end up paying what the other team wants it's not actually a negotiation no i'd say bad business is paying more than what the other team were initially willing to accept. Hence why Arsenal go in at a lower fee and incrementally increase. And sometimes you get the player for lower than the asking price. Sometimes you pay the asking price. But what you never do is you pay over the asking price, which is what can happen if you go in immediately at the asking price because they could just turn that down. You know, if if Kai say, if Rice say, you know, if, if the price tag was £100 million, we're led to believe, and Arsenal went in with £100 million at the start of the window, what would happen then if if West Ham just went, no, no, we're not going to accept that? Because you've got to think of it from West Ham's perspective as well. A, they want this to drag on. B, they they want a bidding war. And C, you know, they a first bid going in, accepted. If you're a West Ham fan and you got to, you know, West Ham are going to want to look good to their supporters in this case. You want to look like you've put up a, a bit of a fight, you know, to, for the player. You don't want to just accept the first bid that comes in. So if you go in at exactly what they're asking for, they could just turn around and say, yeah, no, we want some more money than that, actually. So if you're actually going below the asking price, it's the oldest trick in the book. As I said, it's like buying a house. You know, you don't, you do not go into the, the asking price at the value that they ask for. You go in low and you see what negotiations can bring you. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, Dell says, I disagree. Uh, some clubs, especially Italian clubs, overvalue their players and love asking mad fees from these clubs. That's why they don't tend to pay them Dell, to be honest, <laughs> you, know, you don't really see Italian players moving to, to the Premier League specifically. So, yeah, they may overvalue their players. But uh, again, another reason why you go in low, you don't pay the asking price. Uh, Zach says, Tom, have you seen Peter Drury? Uh, he's going to commentate for Sky in English TV. He's been brilliant for us in the US. I hope you guys enjoy some of his masterpieces. Um, Peter Drury is by far and away my favorite commentator other than Harry Simeon, of course. Um, but Peter Drury being at Sky next season is great for, for those that watch here in the UK. I think he is continuing doing some commentary for American sports uh, channels as well. So I don't think it's just 
uh, here. But obviously, Martin Tyler being replaced by Peter Drury, I think it's, it's, it's a good move. Um, and I look forward to, to hearing Peter Drury's more regular commentary of the Premier League this season. So, yeah, I, I very much do look forward to it. Uh, I look forward to seeing the dynamic between Gary Neville and Peter Drury as well. That could be quite interesting. Uh, John says, Tom, did you see the news from the Dutch journalist saying that Arsenal and Ajax are expected to agree a fee for Timber? I did. And we've talked about it. Let's do a quick, shall we do a quick uh, refresh? You know, we're getting, we're pretty close now. We're 10 minutes to the end of the show now. Should we do a quick check just to see if anything kind of crazy uh, has dropped off? Uh, Tottenham looking like they're moving for Mana Solomon. It's a report by Dom Smith in the standards. Maybe that's a deal that could get done. Can't say that worries me all that much. I might end up looking a bit silly later, but I can't say that uh, that worries me all that much right now. But uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Um, let's go back into the chat. Uh, Dan says, Tom, can we take a quick poll? Of course. What do you want a poll on? Let me know. Um, Amira says, is there anything more concrete in the Inketia exit rumours? Arsenal are said to be considering offers. Every player has a price tag. Is it mostly fans trying to find a place of Balogun? Maybe. I say I can't say I've heard anything about rumours uh, of, of Enketia's exit on my side. If Arsenal get a fee that they think is acceptable, I would be very surprised if they don't, you know, accept it. I think that they might be open to allowing him to leave, but let's let's wait and see what happens. Uh, a Chris says, a few years ago, Arsenal wasn't associated with big players and big money moves. Now that we're in a track, we are an attractive side. Who even thought that we could ever be talking about Rice? Thank you to Edu and Arteta. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was always like Rice, Chelsea, Rice, Man City. The fact that Arsenal are in the frame for Rice and the fact that Arsenal are his preferred destination is, again, a massive credit to the club. we just got to get it done. We just have to get it done. Uh, LJ says, Tom, how comes Madrid negotiations for Bellingham weren't this protracted and a fee agreed fairly quickly? Madrid also wanted to respect Dortmund's uh, commitments and had no repeated offers. Arsenal, uh, I don't know what OTOH is. Um, I think that with the Bellingham situation, Manchester City and other clubs were basically told by Bellingham outright um, in late April, early May, that Bellingham was moving to Real Madrid. Bellingham told Man City, to my understanding, I think The Athletic reported this as well. Um, initially, I think The Athletic reported this first and it's been later confirmed that Bellingham basically told Real Madrid, told every other suitor interested that he wasn't moving to them and he'd chosen Real Madrid as his, his club of destination. So that's why um, that he's moved very quickly to, to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid came to an agreement with, with Borussia Dortmund over the fee. Dortmund's had this valuation. I don't know if there was a negotiation process that we don't know about. Uh, I don't know if it's just because the Arsenal Rice deal is playing out more publicly. But uh, I think that that, it being kind of sort of sorted late April, early May meant that that was sorted very quickly. So whereas with the Raya situation, West Ham are convinced that other clubs will come in to kind of help this situation, even though Rice is set on Arsenal, West Ham are more convinced. Whereas I think Dortmund were more open to negotiating the exit and were more kind of willing to negotiate the terms to Real Madrid than West Ham are to Arsenal. Um, what poll are you after that? Lavia or Caicedo? I mean, is that worthy of a poll? Because it's obviously Caicedo. <laughs> I don't know if that's even worthy of a poll. If you had the choice of signing Caicedo or Lavia, it's obviously Caicedo. Like, there's no, there's very little debate, I feel, about that. Yes, you could talk about the price, but if it's just player to player, I feel as though it's it's quite clearly Caicedo is the better player um, for Arsenal to sign. Uh, burritos or pizza? Now, that's, that's a I can get on board on. Okay, that's fine. We can start a poll on burritos or pizza. <laughs> what is better? <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. This is what we're having to do to keep our show running until 9am. Uh, it's to do a poll, whether it's on burrito or pizza. <laughs> burritos or pizza. Goodness me. Uh, sticking with football, though. Uh, Coop Dog says, how do you rate the Cronkies compared to other owners? Would you trade them for any, any other owner right now? I suppose that whole saying of better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Um, Man United's fans seem livid with their owners. Liverpool fans seem livid with their owners. Chelsea fans are delighted with how much they're spending, but livid with where they are in the league. Manchester City seem to be the only one um, that are, you know, are succeeding and 
let's be honest, they've spent a hell of a lot of money, a really, really, really big amount of money. So for that, you know, would I swap it with that? I think there are a lot of question marks, you know, a lot of question marks. And we could always go back and forth about the the morality, the ethical side of things. Um, and I think in some ways, it's better to say the words, I don't know, is the answer, because I don't know enough. I'm not educated enough on a lot of that, I think, to make the decision about owners. So at the moment, it's much easier to kind of assess what our own owners are doing uh, with the football club and, and move from there. Um, Lars says, uh, the audio is not appearing on Google Podcasts anymore. Why is that? Thank you for asking the question, Lars, and you're not the only one that's asked this. The answer is, I don't know the reason why. Uh, the way in which we work uh, the podcast out into audio platforms is that Acast delivers them out there. Now, I've chased this up, and I've the answer that I've got is that this is a Google issue. It's nothing that we can do. It's nothing that Acast can do. Uh, this is a Google issue right now on their end. So unfortunately, if you listen to the podcast on Google, sorry that you've not been able to get it on Google Podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on all other uh, audio platforms other than a couple, I think. But yes, Spotify and iTunes podcast, you can listen it to on there. So I would recommend uh, using those platforms if you want to listen to on audio. Um, yeah, but sorry, at the moment, there's nothing we can do. I've been told they're hoping to resolve it, but until then, um, unfortunately, you won't get it on, on Google. So sorry, Lars, I can't say um, that uh, that you're going to be able to get that. So sorry about that, my friend. Um, let's go to Phil. says, Tom, what would you like for us to improve on from last season? For me, it's the set-piece defending. Uh, the drop-off uh, the season before was massive, in my opinion. Um Let's go. To, I mean, in terms of the kind of the set pieces defending the drop off from last season, I think that the way in which we improve set pieces is 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 difficult. You know, you think about the season before last. The season before last was like we were really good at defending set pieces, and then this season we have not been as good. And I don't really know. I I don't really know how to quantify why that's happened maybe we've changed things. I mean, Saliba's has come in and given us greater aerial ability, you would thought because of his, his physicality and strength and height that's changed. I suppose Tierney being out and Zinchenko coming in, has that made a difference for set pieces? I, I genuinely don't really know why our set pieces have, have been worse. Maybe teams have worked out what we were doing and have found a better way at, at taking us on. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't have an answer for that. In terms of the other areas that we can improve our defending, obviously bringing a player like Declan Rice, who's just fantastic defensively, I think will add a great shield to the forward line, uh, sorry, to the back line. I think, you know, just the players improving in themselves a year on, that's going to make things better as well. So there's a lot to be proud of in, in that sense. And Michael says, how does one become a member? Good question. Uh, in the link in the description, you will find a link tree, um, so if you just go down to the link tree in the video description, uh, that will take you to our link tree. And then you have a, a link that says TGT memberships and Discord. If you click that, it should take you to uh, a page which allows you to get a membership. You may need to do it on your laptop. It may not work on your phone. Uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it may need to be done on your laptop. So if it doesn't work on your phone, uh, try it on your your desktop or Mac or something like that. But that's that's how you do it. If you need me to send you the link tree, I'll just copy it and I'll put it into the chat box now. That's probably easier, isn't it? Uh, I hope that works. Uh, the link tree is going in. I know this is really riveting viewing for everybody and listening. It is there. So that's the link tree. Um, so there you go. So on laptop apparently shows, but it's not showing on uh, it's it's not showing on um, iPhone. But maybe you can try using that link and then using the. The link to take you there. Right, let's. it's 9 o'clock, people, which means we've got to do our check. Not only that, but we're going to do a check on our poll. 75% of you are saying pizza, 25% of you are saying burritos. And I do tend to agree, but I am loving burritos at the moment. Let's have a look. 9 o'clock has hit. Has there been anything? Has anything happened? I am looking on my feed. Real Madrid are closing on a deal for Vinicius Tobias. Uh, a deal in 24 hours. set to be announced. Um... A mailbag from David Ornstein is on The Athletic. Shall we have a quick read through The Athletic's mailbag? Um, given Arsenal's interest in midfielders, including Declan Rice, David was asked by Anonymous, what will happen to Thomas Partey? Uh, David Ornstein said, Thomas Partey has two left on his contract. 
Uh, there's a good chance he won't be first choice if Declan Rice signs. Both Arsenal and Partey's camp are working on a potential exit if a suitable opportunity arises to sell him. There's interest from clubs in Saudi Arabia, for example, and Arsenal are considering their options. If he is to leave, a replacement would be needed. In addition to the pursuit of Declan Rice, Brighton's Moises Caicedo is admired by Arsenal, but not prioritise him in this window. Although Lavia and Southampton has been heavily linked, there are no developments on that front. And he is also being followed closely by other big teams. Uh, on Rice, he said that there's a 75 million plus a further 50 million add-ons that we knew about. Rice remains a top target and the club are prioritising that. So, yeah. Balogun. Uh, on Balogun, he says, all indications are that Balogun will be sold this summer. So there's an answer on that one. I think that's everything on Arsenal. So there you go. There was something. Uh, nothing kind of new, but there was something. So I suppose we can take we can take that as a, as a bit of a W. I guess that's about it. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. As always, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. I'll be back uh, potentially later on this afternoon. If not, of course, I'll be back tomorrow morning. And uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to bringing you more information, more shows, more discussion, more chat and uh, more smiles uh, as well. So we'll see you then. Have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.